0: When we celebrate what is uniquely us, there is no way that that can't be a good thing. And I think that's why I got this part. And I think that's why I like to believe that I will continue to have success in the future, is as long as I continue celebrating that. And that's exactly what Lovey Vie does and talks about.
1: Katie, Katie, let it out with Katie, let it out with Katie, day about enthusiast and curator of people and ideas, you need to hear. Welcome back! You are listening to Let It Out with me, your host, Katie DelBow, and you just heard from the very talented actor and inspiring, kind person, Danny Kornfeld. Danny is the guest on today's podcast where we geek out about my favorite musical of all time, Rent, because he is currently starring in the international 20-anniversary tour of Rent as Mark Cohen. I can't believe it. This was such a fun special conversation for me, because as you'll hear in this episode, and maybe you've heard me talk about before, but Rent is super meaningful to me. Ever since I was a kid, it has been something that I've been kind of obsessed with, and it was really fun to talk with someone who is equally as enthusiastic about this show and this piece of creative work by Jonathan Larson, and we really got to get into everything about it. It was it was lovely and it was just a dream to have him on the podcast and to make a new friend. He's just a really cool person, happens to also be from Michigan and we have connected and I'm, I'm glad to know him in real life now as well. Anyway, if you are not a fan of Rent or maybe you don't know anything about Rent, you will also still enjoy this conversation because we talk about everything from family to moving to his advice on performing and just the level of positive thinking it takes to create success in your life and to see this really big dream come true for him of starring in his favorite musical as rent was just really cool to hear how that happened and i i think regardless of your relationship to this piece of work you will enjoy this conversation danny has also been in spring awakening he's based in new york city and just watch out for this guy because let me tell you he's going to be everywhere because he is real talented but also, like I said, he's Midwestern, and he's kind, and he's genuine, so that's going to take him real far. All right, I'm going to get right to our conversation, but first I just want to tell you, this is very exciting for me that this conversation is coming out today. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, I'm going to see him in Detroit tonight perform Rent. I'm so excited. I was surprised with tickets to my favorite musical, and I am just can't believe that I get to see this again it's my seventh time seeing rent and it's going to be amazing it's a very young cast you'll hear all about it but yeah watch my Instagram stories you'll probably see me there tonight which is really cool all right before we get to our conversation let's talk about the sponsors I'm so grateful for the sponsors because they let me keep doing this podcast and I love doing it so much in fact, I'm going to go ahead and say it's my favorite thing that I do. And speaking of favorites, another one of my favorite things is Aptiv. Aptiv, you might know, you might love, you might have heard me talk about it on another episode of the podcast, but thank you for sponsoring today's episode, Aptiv. Aptiv is amazing. They help you find a workout that fits for you, for your lifestyle, for your body. There are over 100 new classes to explore every single month so they never get old. It is an app, you guys, where you can do a workout anywhere in the world. So think of Danny, right? Danny's traveling the world. He's on tour. He likes to work out. He likes to be well, but you know, he doesn't always have time to go to a class or go to the gym. He could use Aptive, And right now there are thousands of fitness audio classes on there. There's Running, interval training, strength training, indoor cycling, elliptical, yoga. And like I said, they add 100 new classes every single month. So it's so easy to find classes that meet your desires, your goals, your duration of the workout that you want, the intensity, the trainer, all of it. And the really cool thing is that you can listen to actually really great music during these. It's not, you know, generic music. It's just actually really good music. So if you want to try Active, which I highly suggest you do so, you can do it for free, you guys. 30-day trial will allow you to just, you know, get your fill, get your, you know, s- start sweating a little bit, start trying some things out. It it would be a really cool thing. So you go to com. So that's www.aptive.com, and I'm just going to spell that for you because it's a little bit confusing. It's A-A-P-T-I-V.com, and use the code LETITOUT, and that's going to get you your free, unrestricted 30-day trial. And if you have any questions, let us know, but try out Aptive. Aptive, thank you again so much for being, you know, for making the really cool product which is the app, and also for sponsoring the podcast. It's really nice of you. I'm really grateful to you, and I love you. Okay, this show is also brought to you in part by C.W. Hemp, Charlotte's Web. Listen, if you want to be more calm, if you want to be more focused, Try CW. It brings this sense. It's one of my favorite nutritional supplements because it brings you this sense of calm. It reduces exercise-induced inflammation, which is a very nice compliment to Aptiv, wouldn't you say? You know, after you get a little inflamed from exercise, you might need a little bit of CW hemp. It also increases your focus, which is really awesome. It's a whole plant hemp cannabinoid extract and It really just helps you relieve stress. I love it. It gives my body this sense of calm that I can't really explain, but I enjoy it a lot. It is great. It ships to you in all the states. It's non-psychoactive, and again, I love it. It was something that was introduced to me by my friend Pete Holmes when I was in Hawaii, and I've been using it ever since. So if you want to get 10% off their products, I highly suggest you do so. Use the code LETITOUT and that's what will happen. You'll get 10% off your products. All right. I love you guys. Here is my conversation with Danny, And make sure you stick around to the end of the episode because I will give you the emoji for the episode. And then we can all, you know, be connected. I'm so excited to, to get to talk about everything. You're such a talented person performer and and from what I've found on the internet and just been like since following you for the past couple of months since we've been trying to plan this you seem like such a cool person and I'm so excited to get to your experience in the 20th anniversary tour of Rent but lately on the podcast I've been starting in the present before we get to the past so what I like yes yeah I think it's I think especially for Rent no day but today it's a good spot to start in. Um, But what are you learning today? What are you most excited about today?
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, Let's go with, start with week. Um, San Fran, what's amazing about being on tour is obviously getting to experience so many different cities around the U.S. Yeah. And I've never realized how wonderful of a country it is that we live in just in terms of the geography that I could be in the mountains one week and the beach the next, or even in the same day. Like, California is incredible for that. You have you have the water, you have the mountains, and you have the forest. Um, and then just getting to experience so many different kinds of people and foods and their culture, and the fact that all that is encompassed in this beautiful country that we get to live in has been blowing my mind in the best of ways. Mm. Um, and specifically these past two weeks, San Francisco is, I feel like the true foundation of um, just so many things that have sprung onto even bigger things for our country, just in terms of like the LGBTQ, community and uh, the Hispanic community too. So getting to spend time there and learning about that history of the mission and the Castro has, has been some of my favorite, favorite, favorite um, opportunities so far along this 10 month journey that I'm on.
1: Oh, I love that. And it's so timely right now with everything happening in our country. And it's so cool that you get to see so much of it so quickly. And I know that you grew up in Michigan, like me, so yes. is this your first time? Did you travel a lot as a kid around the country and, and world, or is this your first time seeing a lot of these cities?
0: It's interesting. My parents were so good about taking us on vacation, and I feel like looking at it now, the vacations that we go we would go on were very... Um, they were were relaxing and they were nice and we would we would we would travel worldly but it would always be to resorts which is great in itself but being I'm currently 25 being out on your own and getting to venture and experience these kind of things is has a whole new meaning for myself now
1: yeah and I think it's something, there's something different about, you know, I studied abroad in college, and I remember, like, that feels totally different traveling alone, or, you know, obviously you're not alone, you're with a huge group, but you're travel. and I wasn't either, I was with a group of people my age, but it's a totally different experience than traveling with your family. Absolutely. So, you grew up in Michigan, I want to hear what that was like, and when growing up did you start performing?
0: Yeah. So I, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then I moved to Michigan when I was four. So I very much consider Michigan home, as that's where I spent all of my growing. Um, and it was it was the best. I I'm Jewish, and I lived in a uh, predominantly Jewish community. And my high school was filled with such a diverse group of people. Um, Jews, Catholics, uh, Iraqi Catholics. Um, just, it was, it was truly an incredible mixed salad of people. Um, so I'm so grateful for my parents for that upbringing. And one of the things that I totally took for granted until I moved out of the state was I would drive past lakes on my way to school multiple times a day, and it would be multiple, multiple lakes, and like, not everywhere gets that, and just the beauty of Michigan is in the water and the trees, and I'm I'm just so grateful for that.
1: You're making me so appreciative for the (laughs) state.
0: (laughs) But it's so true, though, that how many, I, I can count at least three lakes that I would get to drive to on my way to high school every day.
1: That's amazing. I yeah, you really take it for granted, like you said when you were in high school and me living here. And I'm moving in just a couple months, but I think in the next few months I'm going to really take it in.
0: <laughs> moving
1: to I'm moving to New York.
0: Yes, you are.
1: Yeah, awesome. I'm excited. I'll I'll want to talk way more with you about yeah. that later. But yeah. with um, performing, in... yeah, yeah. When did when did you start performing here?
0: So I. I remember seeing my cousin in a um, community theater production of Peter Pan. And getting to see Peter Pan fly I think was one of the most magical things I had ever experienced up until that date and knowing that it was potentially possible for me to do as well made me go I have to I have to be a part of that.
1: Yeah. That'll do and it.
0: <laughs> real though. Every, every Everyone wants to fly at some point in their life. Totally. <laughs> and so from that point on, um, I, I would take classes at the JCC. Um, I did summer camps. I went to performing arts camps. Um, and then did the whole middle school through high school after school programs. Um, and my parents were really good about fueling fueling my passion and allowing me to dream. Mm. Um, and I seriously could not be here now without them if it wasn't for their willingness and help in guiding me along this crazy, crazy journey.
1: I love that. So were you in all the plays in high school? Do you have a couple of performances or roles that you remember from when you were a kid or a teenager or a high schooler
0: So my the, my first starring role ever was uh the baby bird in Are You My Mother. Oh. Yeah, and so I got to wear this little little chicken <laughs> costume. So cute. So How cute. old were you? I think I was I was in preschool or kindergarten, so I had to be a maybe 6, 5 or 6. Mm-hmm. But I I sang and acted and carried the show and uh I think that was the true starting point of hopefully what would be a blossoming career in the theater yeah Um, and then in high school one of my favorite things I ever did was uh uh, we did um a 45 minute one act festival and our piece was 1984 and I got to play O'Brien the the bad guy and so getting to be sinister and sneaky It's fun.
1: Oh, very
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So your parents were really supportive. Are you an only child? Do you have brothers and sisters?
0: I have an older sister um, who's not involved in the arts, but she's an incredible woman herself. Um, She recently graduated from Michigan Law School, and uh, she actually works for IRAP, which is the International Refugee Assistance Program. So really up until... Maybe a month ago, not many people knew what that was, especially not my friends and whatnot. Um, But actually two clients of hers were detained at JFK during the refugee ban.
1: Oh my goodness. And
0: we fought on their behalf and they were eventually released. And since then, she's made appearances on NPR and CNN and MSNBC. Wow! And, and for just being her first couple months out on the job, it's been the best whirlwind to be like thrown directly into.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah. So your yeah. parents must be so proud to have two kids it's, doing <laughs> such amazing work right now. It,
0: it's been a good. It's been a good year for the Cornfeld. Uh, the Cornfeld family.
1: Yeah. So when were you first? Introduced to rent, how old were you? How did you discover it? Do you credit your parents to that?
0: Yeah, my um my parents had seen it in New York, and they introduced me to the soundtrack. Um, and it was the first musical cast recording that I became obsessed with. I would listen to it in the car yeah. all the time.
1: me too uh,
0: yeah right right and i would I would try getting other kids to like it as well. I remember driving to soccer practice. And uh, playing it for people. And in the beginning when people would swear, I would make sure to like cover it up because I knew <laughs> that it was material that was a little bit more sophisticated than I was at the time. Yeah. Um, and then it was the first show I saw on Broadway, and I think I was about nine when I saw it. Um, so it has quite the sentiment to me. And, like, thinking back now, I remember... It it sparked so many questions that I had for my parents. I never knew what AIDS was. I don't think the idea of homosexuality was ever introduced me to, before that. And so it sparked really good conversation at a young age in a um, in a safe in a safe environment to be talking about it in a way. If that makes
1: sense? Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. I was probably I'm a year older than you, and so we were probably around the very same age when we first discovered Rent, and it was the same thing. My uncle is a director and lived in New York City, and for Christmas one year gave my mom the soundtrack of this musical, and same thing. I remember I think we had the tapes weirdly, and then we had the like two set CD later. But same thing, I remember listening to it in the car to the point where I don't even know how it happened. I didn't try, but I just had it memorized. It just became a part of me. And I didn't know what I was singing. I didn't, the concepts of it went over my head for the most part, but I knew there were bad words and I would kind of like pause and be like, what, is my mom <laughs> going to do anything about this or is it fine? And and then like you said, later in life, it It spawned – I didn't really, like, have conversations with my mom about what was happening because I think I was just, like, too afraid to ask and we didn't really, like, discuss it. But I think later in life, things would kind of reveal themselves just as they do as you grow up and it'd be like, oh, that's what they were talking about in Rent. And it, it really, like you said, opened my eyes to so many things that I wasn't aware of.
0: And one thing specifically, I remember asking my mom, I was like, Colin's an angel. They love each other. They're they're like, they're two guys. Like, how do they know that? And I remember her being like, they just know. And now, of course, I understand. But then it was just so perplexing to me. And I wonder, I don't know that's because I, I didn't start kissing boys until I was 22. And, I, I'm still trying to pinpoint for myself if there was some true awakening in my life of uh, self-discovery. And maybe that's it. I don't know.
1: I, I was just going to say, it seems kind of magical. You know, it seems kind right. of it, like...
0: It makes sense. Yeah. It, 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 of, for all the shows for um, to be doing and to be my true like introduction to... The theater world, um, and to have such such nostalgia with the piece—it's it, it's beautiful and and magical.
1: Yeah, oh, I am not a performer, although I have such an appreciation for it and such an appreciation for for what you do, but I completely understand the nostalgia with it because, you know, today preparing for this interview, I let myself kind of go down the wormhole with, you know, watching videos of the production and and listening to the music and I just put it on and it makes me, it feels like home. You know what I mean? Like it just feels so comforting to me. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think pieces like that that transcends us to those kinds of places, I think are definitely worth noting and celebrating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you said you were listening to the soundtrack and then you actually got to go see the production. And I think I read on the internet that Joey Fatone was the mark in the production that you saw? Joey
0: Fatone was the mark.
1: What was that experience like being in the audience and and seeing Rent live after listening to the soundtrack for so long?
0: Well, on top of it, Backstreet Boys was the first concert that I ever went to, so I was so excited to see. He was he was a Backstreet Boy, right? Not in sync. I,
1: I feel it. like he was an in sync, or but oh, I could no. be wrong. Either way, either way. let's either say way, he was a Backstreet he Boys.
0: A, he held a special place in uh, in my heart. Before rent as well, um, but I remember. I remember walking the. The show was at the Nederlander Theater, and it's had re- renovations to it since then. But back then, there was something. It was a little grungy. There was paint peeling off the walls yeah. and stuff. So I remember sitting down, and I was like, "Mom, is this Broadway?" <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and so. Um, but then the show started and knowing, knowing the soundtrack the way that I knew it, um, and it's, it's kind of the way that audiences feel about it 20 years later while being on this tour is that people get so excited because they know what's going to come. And there'll be applause before things happen just because they know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And so I remember being so excited to get to see La Vie Boheme, the act one finale. And just any time that like something, it's kind of like the same feeling you get knowing that you have the chance to see your favorite book come to life in a film, whether it ends up being what you thought it was or not. There's something so special and it just fuels you in a way that it like it justifies your own imagination, even mm-hmm. though your own imagination doesn't ever have to be justified. It's just nice when uh, when you get to see what you're dreaming up in your head.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness, that you articulated that so beautifully about a book becoming a movie because it it felt like that for me. It was like, and you know this, the soundtrack has a lot of the show in it it's not just like song 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 there's a lot of you know it's a rock opera so most of it is sung but there's a lot most of the show is in the soundtrack there's very few parts that that are spoken that aren't in the soundtrack so I remember I could kind of figure out what was going on and I clung to like that little booklet that came with the cd and i would (laughs) like and i would read it and i knew it but then when i got to see the show and i saw it for the first time i was also nine and or i think i was eight actually but my i saw it with my parents it was my first show that i ever saw in toronto and um i saw it there and i remember just being like oh, this is what I'm hearing and filling in those little gaps. And still at the time, my mom tells the story of like people kind of looking at her with an eight-year-old being like, why did you, are you a terrible parent? (laughs) And, um, and she was just kind of like, whatever, but, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't really understand exactly what was happening, but I just knew I loved it. And, and I was, you know like you said just drawn to it but if you could pinpoint you know from then or just like as you got older and then i want to know too like as you got older you know beyond nine years old and got more into theater and musical theater what drew you to rent or what how did your relationship with the piece kind of grow or change or did it stay in your life or did you kind of you know go away from it as you got older
0: yeah um I think, I think La Vie M was definitely the number that made me fall in love with it. I mean, the number is incredible for many reasons. It's unreal singing, unreal dancing, but the fact that it's celebrating the expansive um, culture that we have in art, film, uh, just in politics... And it's celebrating all these people who probably are seen as outsiders or uh, an outcast at some point in their lives. Um, And we see them being celebrated for the people that they've grown up to be and the work that they've accomplished. And like no one is safe from being mentioned, which I think is awesome. Um, And even lifestyles, too, are talked about. Uh, So I think I I knew there was something really good there. Like yeah. like you said, and I've said before, I probably didn't understand all of it and s- didn't know every single reference until I started rehearsals for this because I had to. <laughs> um, but I, I knew that there was a lot of good in it, and I think that's that's what stuck me is that it was it was celebrating what's what's so unique about everyone. Um,
1: yeah, and the I... act
0: the act ends with that it ends with viva la Viva" and live the bohemian life
1: yeah i love that number so much as well not only because it's it's just the best in the show it's so right. high energy and amazing and i love it and i love that your character gets to kick it off i think but the the thing that struck me of like being someone who is a rent head or who like you know loved this from a young age was when I would learn about Lenny Bruce, Langston Hughes, like right. I would learn about them in school. It would and always go like, back to the song. Yeah, and I'd be always be like, oh, Rent, you know? Or like even now, <laughs> yeah. like um, – Whenever I hear like I'm listening to NPR about confirmation hearings, like I I go to like that part in the in Rent where yes. they talk about you know Marine's mom or Joanne's mom's confirmation hearing, I'm like, oh, that's what that is, yep. you know. Like, it's so funny how like lines from when you were younger like seep into real life when you know them. I don't know, it's weird.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. One of the things I had to do for myself, too, was unlearn some things that I thought they were saying in there that were so wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> yes. things I heard incorrectly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I always do that just with, like, normal songs that I'm, I can imagine that happening. That's so funny. Do you remember any? I think it'd be so funny to know.
0: One was, that um, so we say Václav Havel. the the playwright and politician, um, which I always thought was (laughs) (laughs) Botswana, which is not correct.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So funny.
0: Yeah.
1: It's so funny how that happens. And you just it's kind of like learning a language as a kid. I feel like that's why I know every line of Rent, where like, I'm not a performer. So when anyone asks me like a fun fact about myself, I always say like, I know every line of the the show Rent. And I think it's like Uh, when you learn a production, when you're a... Oh I love that your fun fact. Right, yeah. It's funny because when you learn a language as like a child, they say it sticks with you and I feel like rent was the language that I learned, so it's gonna just like stick with me for life. Mm.
0: I totally resonate with you on saying that it's kind of the language you learn. I feel like this was this was the the musical theater language I learned. This was the this was the beginning of everything for me. Mm. And it's I feel like I've always I've always carried the language of rent onto my career and wanting to make it happen.
1: I love that so much. And it's so cool how it's come full circle for you playing Mark now. So how did you find out about the 20th anniversary tour opportunity and what was the audition process like? Tell us Mm -hmm. about that. Tell me everything.
0: Yeah. So um, I saw a posting for it online.
1: And what were you doing at that time?
0: I was sitting in my apartment in Harlem. I remember i was I was at my my cute little table.
1: so you'd moved to New York and you you went to college for musical theater.
0: Correct. I studied at Syracuse University, which your friend Gabby Bernstein is an alum of too. She yes, was, yes. She came to speak while I was at school.
1: Oh, that's amazing, yeah. Small I love world. her. Yeah, such a yeah. small
0: world. Yeah, because she was a theater major as well.
1: Yeah, I love
0: that. So, so yeah, yeah. So I, I, I studied, I studied at Syracuse, and then moved officially to New York in the fall of September two
1: thousand
0: fourteen. Nice. Um, so I think so that would have been. When I, when I found out about the audition, I was probably there for about a year and a half. This was back in February of this year. So a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was sitting at my table and I was checking my the various audition websites that are out there. And I had no idea that it was going back on tour. And I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna do this. Um, and what was nice about this situation was that you could sign up online in advance, as opposed to having to like wait outside early in the morning at 5 a.m. So that, that was that was something else that was very appealing to me as well. Um, so I, I put down in my calendar the specific time that I was going to have to, like, log in to sign up, because I knew that it was going to disappear. All the spots would be filled in a matter of minutes. It's nuts how crazy things go. Um, and so, yeah, my first audition, I think, was in March. Were and you then, performing
1: at that time? Were you doing other things?
0: I was starting, a did you ever read the book Ringer by, um... Jerry Spinelli in elementary school.
1: No, but I loved boy. his book Stargirl. Did you ever read Star yeah, Girl? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's another great book by him um, oh, about cool. a boy who's saying cool. whose town has a, a pigeon hunt every year and he thinks that it's wrong and he befriends this bird and stops the pigeon hunt.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Um, so I was I was just beginning to work on that and I- had my first audition for this. Um and seven rounds later is when I finally
1: seven got wow
0: seven I was in I was in and out of that room seven times over the span of a few months i I, I got the call May fifth I think it was that I got the part so it was it was quite extensive um, but what was nice though was that Having having the focus of doing this other show, um, didn't allowed me to not drive myself crazy with overthinking about what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, oh, that's great. Did you know that you wanted to play Mark from the beginning?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I knew that if there was anything that I was going to be doing in the show, I thought that maybe, maybe I would be uh, considered for his understudy um and be in the ensemble. I thought that was probably more highly probable to happen. Um but I knew that if it was gonna be anything it would be Mark.
1: What is it about that character that you love so much?
0: <laughs> so I feel like amongst my group of friends, I I'm very much the floater. Um i love I love having my different pockets of people. And I'm currently single. And I think there really is something about being being the one who gets to watch your friends in their relationships. And that's something that very much struck a chord with me and strikes a chord in mark for sure. And Mark is a filmmaker, and one of the things that Roger gets in on him about is being detached uh, and hiding behind his work and his camera. And I think I hadn't really thought about it too much until recently about there's so much in that for the way we are kind of with our phones now. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a direct parallel, but... There's, there's a safety we put up and I, I've, I, I think it's fascinating that while, while it's different that this is his passion and his creativity and his fuel for what drives him is making films, um, s- stepping back and being the one who's observing everything is deeply complex
1: Wow, yeah, I've never made that parallel before, but it seems pretty spot on between social media and, you know, at that time there wasn't anything even close to social media when this was written, but it seems like it was ahead of its time having that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So how much preparation did you personally do for the role? Did you study Anthony Rapp or other performances of Rent? Did you make your own? Can you walk us through that process?
0: I obviously, I, I saw the show on Broadway. Um, I watched the 20th anniversary. I mean, sorry, not the 20th anniversary. The final, um, the final production that was filmed live on Broadway where um, Adam Cantor played Mark. Who I have a lot of respect for, um, and I'd seen the movie, and then from there, I kind of wanted to stay away from looking at much more than that. I, I I knew I knew the piece, and I knew I knew the story that we would be telling. So I wanted more of my research was going to be on what life was like during the late 80s and the early 90s in New York on the Lower East Side. And so with that, I, I of course, um, I watched and listened to La Boheme, the opera that it's based on. Um, I uh, read uh, And the Band Plays On. Um, I, if It's the most extensive investigative journalism of the AIDS epidemic. And... I watched a couple different documentaries on the AIDS crisis and being familiar just reading about Jonathan Larson and his other works like Tick Tick Boom um that was that was most of the prep I did.
1: Yeah, Oops. did you feel Sorry. like you wanted to It seems like from what I've seen and I haven't seen the the show yet with you guys but it seems to me like it's very true to the original aesthetic of it. Like your costumes and the way that you the original choreography is it is that true? Yeah,
0: that's true. So the it's the it's the same direction, same choreography, pretty much the same design as what people saw back in 1996. And we our cast is very. People keep saying that we're such a young cast. We span from uh, nineteen to I think thirty. Wow. Um, and so it's it's while it's the same show as back in nineteen ninety six, it's it's not. It's different. It's 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 new people. It's it's a younger generation who wasn't alive during that time but is taking that knowledge of what life was like and coming to it with our current modern day mentality and sensibility
1: yeah do you think you know with this like you said you know being young actors who didn't live during the height of the aids crisis or you know when new york city was grittier you know How do you guys connect with this piece in the political climate that we're in now? And is that something that you guys talk about frequently?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the most helpful things for me has been hearing personal stories. And uh, one of the true gifts that we got was during rehearsal, um, Victoria Leacock, who's Jonathan's best friend, came in. And she spoke with us and we had lunch with her and she told us stories about all their friends. And it's all the names that we hear in life support, the number life support. Um, And I think it was getting a firsthand account for that is so helpful. And obviously, we're never going to know truly what it was like. But getting to hear those personal stories gives us some kind of inclination on what life is like. Um, And back to where we are today, any piece of theater, literature, film, anything that promotes love and inclusivity and the celebration of being different and what's unique about us is a message that needs to be spread and shared and celebrated and will truly I believe remain timeless no matter what happens in the world
1: yeah does because of the current political climate and everything happening right now and you've been performing this for several months even before the election and, and right. after how has that changed you know how it feels like to perform it does it ever feel more like activism in some ways
0: absolutely and that's I'm so grateful for this opportunity because one of the things that I constantly get on about myself and discussions that I have with my group of friends is that we don't do enough and we take our life in New York City so much for granted for how easy it is, how convenient it is, and some of that I think is our age and just having the resources in or knowing about the resources that are out there to get involved in the ways that we want to get involved. Um, on top of living life and making a life for our own and having a job and whatnot, but but it's truly getting to do this show now it does feel like activism when when we're preaching um the opposite of war isn't peace it's creation and give in to love or live in fear those kind of mantras are the most positive but also not not weak um stances
1: yeah yeah, and it's all so relevant today and it's all so pertinent, I think, and important. Yeah. yeah. Is what is your favorite part to perform each night?
0: Yeah, I have two. Um my favorite in terms of just like the acting of it and the singing is Goodbye Love. Um when everything's falling apart and everyone is going their different ways, Angel's just passed. Um, that number, I think, is so well-constructed, and it's so beautifully crafted. Um, and then I also love Tango Marine because it's just so fun. Oh, I love It's that. so silly. And, and uh, Jasmine Eastler, who plays Joanne, is a powerhouse, and just getting to do that with her every single night is the best.
1: I'm so excited to see you guys perform it. Yeah, when are you going to see it? I'm going to see it in March when you guys come to Michigan. Yay! I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so, so excited. It's going to be amazing. Um, I want to go back a little bit because I meant to ask this when I was asking about the process of auditioning, but where were you when you found out that you got the role, and what was that experience like? Who did you call first? Tell me everything.
0: Yeah. So I was at uh, a Bright Star. I was seeing a musical on Broadway. And it was intermission, and I checked my phone. And, uh, I had a buddy who was working as an assistant for the casting director. So I checked my phone, and I had a whole bunch of missed calls. And I had a text from him that said, Call me right now, where are you? And so I called him, and he was like, you're it. Oh
1: You're Mark. My gosh! Did that you like... know? Did you have a really good feeling or were you like, how did you feel? I mean, obviously you'd gone in seven times at that point. So you had to kind right. of have some inkling that you might be it. But like, did you, what were you thinking?
0: Well, I knew I was really, really close.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, my final, final callback was that day. And I knew that they were going to have a meeting that night to discuss casting that's what that's what what was told to us and it was the perfect feeling of knowing that I had done and given every single possible thing I could have done and shown them and knowing that I left it all truly in the room made me okay with whatever the outcome was going to be um and it's nice to have that feeling. I think it, it takes the pressure off yourself and just just the scenario. Um, and so I knew I knew that I had done the best job that I could have possibly done. And deep down did I think I was gonna get it? I don't know. I I feel like I I doubted myself in order to be safe. But that's not, that's not always the best thing. But I feel like there was something in me that was like, this is going to be it. Yeah. Um, and so, so he told me, and then I can't tell you what happened at the end of Bright Star. Because <laughs> I sat through the whole second act, just like reeling in it and, and getting so, so excited. And also in shock. It was, it was surreal.
1: What did you do after that? Who did you call? How did you celebrate?
0: So it was, it was really cool. Um, the current seniors from Syracuse were having a cabaret that night. Um, and they, they had just recently moved to New York city and this was like, their first like Like we are here, we are here. Um, and so I called my parents outside of that before going in and told them. And
1: what was their reaction?
0: They uh, my mom my mom was obviously so proud and so excited and wonderful but my dad he was so so proud i've Aww. i've never experienced that kind of feeling before and he's he's the most supportive but he he comes from a very business mindset. He's uh, he's an engineer, and he didn't say it to me, but my sister told me he said it to her after uh, we hung up. He was like, he did it.
1: Oh, oh my gosh. I want to cry. Finally, like
0: he did it, and Aww. it's just like it, it's there's that's been the best. Out of everything that this whole experience has given me, just like I'm so incredibly grateful for everything my parents have done for me. And the second you feel like not only your hard work, but their hard work in which they invest into you has come into the limelight and at least feeling like it's getting getting beginning to get the accolades that you you both so wholeheartedly believe in there's nothing that surpasses that
1: yeah oh that's such a lovely story i love that so much have they seen the production yet
0: (laughs) maybe like 12 times with 14 more to come oh
1: my gosh i love it have they been your groupies are they traveling with you guys (laughs)
0: pretty much it. they've <laughs> people uh, people say that I'm the one in the show who always has someone in the audience
1: <laughs> mm, I love that so much did yeah. you know any of your other cast members before the show
0: yeah so this is cool so uh the girl who plays me and Katie Lamarck her and I went to school together oh no and way. so we were in shows all throughout school she's a year older than I am um but uh yeah, so we we knew each other was both up for the parts and got to see one another a little bit throughout auditions. We never interacted really in the room in front of like the creative team, but there was a moment when uh, the director, he saw us uh, chit-chatting in the hallway and giggling, and we don't know if that helped anything, but we know that he definitely saw it, and knowing like Mark and Maureen's history in the show, it just kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Katie and I never
0: dated, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. But there's that.
0: definitely some sisterly, brotherly love in our relationship, for sure.
1: Oh, that's great. What has what was the rehearsal process like? And do you remember like meeting everyone for the first time?
0: Yeah, so our first day was August 15th. And we had... The first thing we did was a whole meet and greet with the whole cast the designers um the whole production team producers and everything and we all stood up said our name and who we were playing and i i was just shaking the whole time i it was i've never been so overwhelmed in such a positive way um and also there was fear in it too because i knew i knew the legacy that we were upholding i mean people love this show so much. Yeah,
1: um, hi. There were
0: big <laughs> shoes. You're right in and so there was huge shoes to fill. Um, and so having it be the beginning of all of that was just such a whirlwind. Yeah. And so, yeah, so our, um, we worked with the original choreographer, uh, the original music director and music supervisor. So it was all, that's, That's what's so incredible about this show is that once people work on it, they care about it and they want to continue on and sharing into the legacy of it. And so that's why so much of the original creative team came back to work with us.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. It has to feel really cool that the original cast... And you guys both are working with the same people and, and singing the same lines and it right. just has to feel so wonderful.
0: Yeah. And what's amazing too is on cast members part too is that they during rehearsals we we FaceTimed with Daphne Rubin Vega, the original Oh me. cool and Anthony and Adam sent us messages of well wishes, and different memes from past companies came in and sat on, on rehearsal like not every show that doesn't happen for every show but there's something because of the message that the show celebrates and the way that it connects you with the people that you work on it with people want to people want to remain connected
1: yeah, it's almost like a lineage. It feels like of this like yes. pride for it that never dies. Very much. So. That's really cool. What has touring been like? You've been doing this for for many months now, and you still have many more to go. What you've mentioned a little bit about, you know, how great it is to go to different cities, but you know, when it comes to the show or traveling, you know, what are some challenges of it?
0: Yeah. I, this is the first time in my life where work is with you 24-7. And that's a blessing and also a curse. Um, I, I love, I love my life in New York City. I love the group of people who I've created and called family now. Um, and so leaving that is hard. It is. So for me, it's been finding what are those daily, those daily practices, the daily rituals that I can have in every city that I go to, to create some form of normalcy for myself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So that's been. I, I think once you're away from something, you realize how what what means to you and what's important to you. And it goes back like. It's hard. Like, I would love to be in a relationship. Can't really do that when you're <laughs> leaving places for one week. Right. Um, but with with those kind of things, the the opportunity to get to see, like I said earlier, about how vast this country is, it's a different... It's just as, it, it's, it's wonderful in its own way. Yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting. I think that once we always are focusing on what's not right in our life, when so much of it is, so we are always looking to have all parts be equal and plentiful and wonderful.
1: Yes, preach. I love that. I think focusing on the good rather than, you know, the areas of lack is... Just... Right, the way to go, what are some of those self-care rituals that you can kind of keep even when you're on the road or some things that are really important to you?
0: Yeah, um, when I wake up, I try not looking at my phone for the first 20 minutes that I'm awake. Um, I'll then usually make my coffee and hotel coffee (laughs) differs in quality (laughs) and taste for sure. But uh, I'm big on to putting coconut oil in my coffee.
1: Nice. Um, yeah. Love the that. High,
0: fat, high fats in the morning. Um, and so I carry around my little coconut oil with me everywhere I go. Love it. Um, and then I'll try, I'll try working out in some capacity. One of the things that I've discovered that I love doing is hiking. So if there's an opportunity for me to go hiking in a city – I will definitely go out and do that. Um, I, I've i been journaling a lot, which I like just for getting my thoughts out, obviously, but also just being able to remember everything. Um, and then I, I'm i the kind of person who very much gets my energy from going out and doing things. Um, so I, I, I truly try not spending time in the hotel as much as I can and then it's for me it's it's I like having my like daily phone calls with either my mom or my dad or my friends or my sister Um, it's important to me to hold on to the life that I have back at home because this job is only temporary Um, and I know that come June 25th going to be thrown back into the mix of seeing what comes next. So keeping up those relationships
1: yeah. is is
0: yeah. is very special to me. Mm,
1: I love all of those. And I don't know if you know this, but I knew I liked you. And when you said journaling, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. My book that came out last year is about journaling. So I'm going to have to send you a copy. Oh, uh, I would love so I much. love that you're, have you always been a journaler and someone that processes things? Cause I, like you always say, I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm, I'm writing. Has that always been something that you've done?
0: So I set out, um, I set a goal for myself last year to journal every single day for a year. Um, and initially it was more for remembering and forgetting is one of the biggest fears I have in life. And so it would just to be, to recount my day, funny things that happened, and I would try keeping it mostly positive things. And then it's kind of transformed itself in its way, because there's no right or wrong way to journal, which I'm sure you elaborate much more into your book, which I can't wait to read. Um, but uh, now it's, it's, it's gone on to remembering and recounting, but also like working through things for myself and... And, uh, yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah, I say in the book, journaling can be like self-therapy and self-reflection and just a way to develop more self-awareness and get to know yourself better.
0: Right. And I never wanted to feel like I'm doing it out of necessity. Mm. And so that's why I feel like it's needed to take on its own way of writing about whatever I want to write about.
1: Yeah, and just like letting it unfold. Love yes.
0: that.
1: Yes. Okay, I have like a million more things I want to ask you, okay. and not a million more minutes. So maybe we'll do, and I want to make sure I get to the questions that I ask everyone. So cool. maybe we'll do the next one sort of quick fire style yeah, yeah. And, and see how many cool. we can get through. So, okay. It. So I think I saw on social media that you got to meet Jonathan Larson's parents. Is that true? What was that experience yeah. like?
0: So we had, um, we had dinner with Alan Nan and they brought in old newspaper clippings uh-huh. and pictures and initial drafts of stuff that wow. he had written uh, in high school. And um, we got to see uh, three early clips of him performing songs from Tick, Tick, Boom um, for anyone knew who he was. And they just, one of the things that they said is that you guys are part of our family now. You're you're one of our children. Aww. And, I mean, getting to share into that, when I was nine years old, I would have never even dreamed of that coming true. Yeah,
1: wow. What do you feel about, you know, what happened with Jonathan, Jonathan Larson and how he, you know, had this huge success that he didn't really live to see. How did that make you feel when you first heard that story and then now playing Mark?
0: Mm. It's the most beautifully tragic tale I could possibly think of. I, uh, I think... It's tough. I, 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 I think that if he needed, he 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 did what. Wow, that's hard. Um, he, I feel like he created what he needed to create. And while there was an extensive, extensive career ahead of him, he created something that's so truly artistically successful, commercially successful, and something that people genuinely love working on and creating. So (laughs) in a way it's like my job here is done, you know? Like take this on with you and carry this out for the rest of time. Yeah. That's, That's the only way I can make sense of the tragedy that happened.
1: Yeah, wow. If you got to speak with Jonathan, today and you got to ask him one question you know a piece of advice or a question about rent what would you ask
0: Ooh, wow that's a great question i would want to know his thoughts on what the future of musical theater would be where where he thinks we're going where he thinks we're headed and just in terms of all the different styles that have come out now, that's such a um, that, that's such a brilliant question and something that I've not thought about. And I wish I I, I wish I could come up with something better.
1: No, I think I... that's great. What do you think his answer would be to that, if you had to not to put words in in his mouth, but kind of knowing him as well as you do.
0: I think he would be so encouraged because he himself was a front runner in opening our eyes to a new way to tell a story, um, and like Lin Manuel credits Jonathan Larson for, for not only in the Heights but obviously Hamilton, um, and so I think I think he would be really encouraged with the way things are going, in terms of just the way that we continue to tell stories.
1: Yeah did you see La La Land? And what do you think, what did you think? And what did, do you think Jonathan Larson would have thought?
0: I think, (laughs) 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 don't hate me for saying it, but I, I, I'm happy La La Land exists. I, I'm glad that that story is being told. And I think Jonathan would agree with me. Um, I thought it was a really nice vanilla cupcake. <laughs> it, it was it was a delicious pastry that I got to sit and enjoy and I haven't continued to think about much since.
1: I think that ar- that articulates it nicely. <laughs> it's no rent, but it's a damn no, good vanilla cupcake.
0: <laughs> it's not rent.
1: <laughs> I love that. Speaking of other shows other than Rent, what is your favorite show? other than Rent, and what is a role that you would love to play after playing Mark Cohen?
0: Um, Fun Home is one of the best pieces of theater I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, I'm so happy that that story is being told, and especially right now. Um, And Hedwig and the Angry Inch, if I could play that part at some point in my career, I could die a happy man. Have you seen the show?
1: No, I haven't, but, I mean, I know about it, but I, I haven't seen it. And didn't um, Benny or Tay Diggs, wasn't yes. he playing it
0: yes. on Broadway? Yes, he closed it out on Broadway.
1: That's really I, cool.
0: And he is a Syracuse alum as well.
1: Oh, yeah, wow.
0: Oh, this is really cool. So there's a picture of me. He came to school while I was there, when I was a senior, and I was, like, one of five people who got to work with him. So there's a picture of he and I together.
1: Oh, my gosh, So cool. So many magical full circle things with Rent,
0: including our friendship. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It all
1: brings us here. I I think I read online that you did Spring Awakening as well. What was being part of that production like?
0: So I was in Orlando. It was in June. And... I, I've always been in love with that piece, and it's always been a show that I had wanted to do. It was, and the part specifically was always on my roster of wanting to play. Um, and again, it's the pieces that I'm so drawn to are pieces that break the norm in which they tell a story. And with Spring Awakening, it's it's with the lyricism and the style of music within the construct of uh the world in which the show is created um and so that was wonderful in itself and then though i was there during uh the pulse shooting
1: oh wow
0: yeah and so it was it was
1: (laughs) bless me thank you (laughs) I'm a little bit sick and, like, sound especially Midwestern and nasally today, so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So being there for that was an experience in itself, and um, are you familiar with the show?
1: Yeah, I saw it on Broadway, um, and I remember having the feeling of, like, this will be my next rent, even though they're like so vastly different. But I think that at the time I was like in middle school or high school, maybe. And I I felt connected to it because it reminded me of, of rent in a way. Yes.
0: Um, so the, so the show ends with, uh, the song of purple summer. And it's just about how time continues on and seasons change. And, there's a lot of hope in that so getting to getting to sing that song every night for the Orlando audience I think was needed and necessary
1: oh wow what a lovely time to be doing that show there
0: yeah yeah
1: wow so getting back to to rent really quick and i love this conversation so much that i get to geek out over my favorite show with you it's it's like such a treat for me and i know for people listening if they're also rent heads they'll love this and for everyone else it might be very inside baseball but that's okay they can get obsessed with rent and they should um but what is your do you have a favorite quote or a favorite line from the show
0: yeah um uh, it's it's give in to love or live in fear, mm. and I think that encompasses so many different aspects of people's lives, and it's something that everyone needs to hear and continue to reaffirm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What has doing this show and this show in general taught you about yourself? Oh wow.
0: So, I I didn't start kissing boys until I was 22. And I was thinking about this the other day. We were actually, uh, we met with um, a group of 80 LGBTQ plus teens in San Francisco for a little panel. Oh, and a little cool. hangout. And one of the things I... I realized and I started talking about is that there was no way in hell that I could have ever done this show three years ago. And the job of of an actor is to tell all the stories of the world until all the stories are told and to live them truthfully. And so what I've realized and what Mark has truly opened up my eyes to is that if if I'm not being true to myself, how in the hell could I possibly be true to someone else's story? Um, and so I think being on this journey, Mark is—he's different than me, but there's also so many similarities. Um, and I—I I, I think it goes back to when we when we celebrate what is uniquely us there is no way that that can't be a good thing yeah and i think that's why i got this part and i think that's why i like to believe that i will continue to have success in the future is as long as i continue celebrating that and that's exactly what lovey bohème does and talks about, then I know that I will be happy in whatever I do.
1: Mm. I love that. That's beautiful. What advice do you have for people wanting to be performers?
0: Yeah, Um, I I think it goes back to that with finding what is uniquely you and honing in on that because we are unlike any other person. And the second we start celebrating and identifying what those are, uh, that transfers into your work as an actor. And that's your niche. That's that what that's what raises heads and people makes people go, "hmm, what is that? Who are they?" Um, and the other thing is, I think staying passionate in whatever it is that you do. Because passion is something that can't be taught, and it's something that as long as you continue to fuel the fire of and seek out, there is no way that you will not be successful because you won't allow yourself to not be, because there's no other way. I think our passions change over time, but as long as we truly remain passionate in whatever we believe in, we will always be growing towards that.
1: Yeah. I love that answer. When you're not touring, you mentioned that you live in New York City. What is your favorite part of living there and what is the most challenging part and and what advice do you have for being in the city?
0: Um, great. I I think one of my favorite parts is getting to have an incredibly diverse not only group of friends, but just people that you're interacting with on a daily basis. Um, the second you enter the subway, something exciting could happen. And in a city that's so big, I think one of the biggest challenges for people is feeling isolated and lonely. And so my biggest advice is find, find those people who, who are not necessarily blood, but that you can call family and hold on to that and truly work on those relationships and care about them. Yeah. And follow
1: them. From what I know of Jonathan Larson, it sounds like that's really what he did in New York city to survive yes. and thrive.
0: And that's what all the characters in rent do. We have, yeah. we have a group of unlikely friends from looking at them from the yeah. outside, but, As the story progresses, we see why they are and why they have chosen the family that they have chosen.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's so timely and important. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the most challenging thing about living in the city and any advice that you would give to someone coming from the Midwest, maybe?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, money is a big thing. And... There's a beautiful little quote. I'm not going to get it exactly, but it's, it's something along the lines of uh, New York City has a way of making you only have $5, but it has a way of making you only have $5 okay and saying that it's going to be all right. And it's so true. It's just that like everyone, everyone figures it out. And that can mean so many different things, but people figure out how to live there. If, and I think there's something really special in that, that the, the city allows allows for that. And that's why it's one of the greatest places in the world.
1: Yeah. Did you always know as a kid that you wanted to live there?
0: Yep. I, I, I remember walking in Times Square with my mom one of the first times, and I was never good about going to bed. I hated going to sleep. And I remember my mom saying to me, she was like, Well, if you move to New York City, you won't have to. Oh. And, and that's something that has always stuck with me. Because I remember being, we were, it was midnight and we were walking around Times Square and there were so many people out and about. And I was like, I'm going to live here one day.
1: Oh. That's, I have a similar experience to that. My uncle, who, always lived in new york and lives in new york and the first time i visited him i was also nine and also saw red but he talks still now about like seeing my eyes for the first time in in Times square oh, i think there's something the special yeah yeah about being young and being there
0: there's there's nothing like it in the whole world
1: yeah well that's so exciting okay so here are some of the fun quickfire questions i ask everyone just kind of say the first thing that comes to your mind Okay, what's your favorite part of your life right now?
0: Um, uh, <laughs> f- uh, music, music.
1: Nice. Um, what are you most looking forward to after the tour?
0: Reconnecting with friends.
1: What's the best thing you've eaten in the last week or month?
0: Ethiopian food.
1: Oh, I love Ethiopian food. Have you been to yeah. Blue Nile here in Michigan?
0: Yes, of course.
1: It's so good. <laughs> we should go if we're both here ever together.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, it's a date.
1: Greatest lesson about family?
0: The love that you get from family is unlike any other that you will ever find. Mm. So foster that and celebrate it.
1: Greatest lesson about acting?
0: Be true to who you are.
1: What are your thoughts about social media and what is your relationship to it?
0: It's the biggest anxiety in my life, but also allows me to stay connected in the best ways to the people I want to stay connected with.
1: How do you personally try to keep your relationship with it healthy?
0: by knowing that none of it really matters at the end of the day, and that we get this false sense that by by accumulating likes and whatnot, that everyone is talking about us, but really, it's really easy to click something and go. So I, I just try keeping myself in check and remembering that it really means nothing it's a click of a button
1: nice great advice what do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or you're just having a shitty day how do you pull yourself out of that and make yourself feel better
0: i i ask myself what what's going to make you happy right now and usually that would be going outside and breathing in fresh air
1: nice that always works for real How do you feel? Or a phone
0: call to my mom. Or a phone (laughs) call to my mom. Talking to my mom relieves stress for me unlike anything else.
1: Aw. Love that. How do you feel about spirituality right now and God and what happens when we die?
0: I think that we have to believe in something. It takes the pressure off ourselves. And I I, I believe in the universe and I believe in energy and I believe in fates.
1: Love that. Me too. (laughs) So you're having a dinner party and you can invite five people. Who do you invite? What do you cook slash eat? And what do you hope someone turns and asks you at the table? And what do you hope that no one asks you that you just don't really feel like talking about?
0: (laughs) Okay. I would invite Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
1: RBG. RBG. Uh,
0: Dan Savage.
1: Nice. I love him
0: love him like no other um i would invite my mom i would also invite charlie chaplin and i would also love to meet let's say meryl streep she's just a classy broad oh yeah Uh, (laughs) What I would that's cook a great for
1: group. people? Yes.
0: yes. What would you cook? I would make an incredible cheese and charcuterie plate, but then probably cook a paella because there's just so many exciting things in a paella.
1: Yeah.
0: And it takes time, and it's filled with love.
1: Yeah, that's the like Spanish dish, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Rice and food and meats.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. saffron. Yes. Yeah. I studied abroad in Spain and. I couldn't remember. Like I was like, is that the thing we'd always eat? Yeah, it totally is nice. What do you hope that is talked about at that table, and what do you hope doesn't come up?
0: Um, I would love to talk about passion and how it transfers into success, and why these people think that they're successful, and what what they believed, what they attribute to that success um i would hate to talk about oh probably social media
1: nice okay so this is the portion of the podcast where you get to basically just recommend things so i'll just prompt you in a couple categories and then you get to recommend things to people cool great okay book either a book that's your favorite or something you read recently or something that you think everyone should read
0: yes uh zen in the art of happiness
1: oh cool Um, i haven't read that
0: it's great it's short and little very practical the whole basis is you say to yourself everything in my life right now is the best thing for me and you will ultimately be happy
1: Ooh, nice i'm gonna add that to my list anything else any other books you want to let out
0: yeah um sex at dawn It's, it it breaks down um, monogamy and how innately we are not meant to be monogamous creatures. I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, but the more I learn about it, I think it's helpful for all my future relationships.
1: Yeah. Is that Esther Perel or is that?
0: It's two people. I'm not sure. Anyway, Um, I've
1: heard of it, but haven't read that either.
0: Dan Savage recommends it as well.
1: Nice. We love him in this podcast family. Yeah. (laughs) What about movies? Something you've seen recently? Something that you love forever?
0: Um, Inside Out, I think, is one of the most brilliant films.
1: I haven't seen it, and I really need to. You
0: have to, yeah. It's so good. It's brilliant. Um, uh, Song Street, Sing Street, Sing Street, Sing Street. It's the most charming little film that I've seen in the past year. It's, uh, I think, it's an Irish film. Oh, cool. Um, it's about a, a group of kids who create a band
1: Oh, cool. and
0: it's so wonderful. Um, and then favorite, favorite movie of all time is the green mile.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. What about Broadway show?
0: Great. Everyone needs to see fun home, which is currently on tour. Everyone needs to see Hedwig, which is currently on tour. Um, currently on Broadway, everyone needs to see dear Evan
1: Hansen. Oh, yeah. Isn't Doesn't that have someone who was involved with Rent, like a producer or something in that? Oh, oh yeah. That uh, it's,
0: uh, same director.
1: Same director. Yeah, I yes. knew I saw something. And I've been listening to um, someone, a previous podcast guest, Josh Radner, recommended it on Twitter recently. And I started listening to the music and loved it. So I it's, definitely It's it.
0: uh, and And it's, it's the perfect... It's it's what we need it everyone needs it right now yeah. in the age of social media, it's, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, one of my friends from work um uh, we were on a plane together and he saw it knowing nothing about it and and is not, you know, a musical theater geek like me and just had like so many wonderful things to say about it. I'm I'm so excited to see it. What about a favorite actor and actress?
0: Um great. I I think Viola Davis is a gift from the gods. Um, I also, my favorite actor is Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I also have huge respect for uh, Kevin Spacey as well.
1: Nice. Awesome. What are you listening to lately? And is there a song or a band or anything that you've been listening to recently or that you want to recommend?
0: Great. Uh, Bonnie Vare's new album, Uh, I think it's 22. He does weird things with the spelling. Um, But it's unreal. And the song uh, Creek is the most hauntingly beautiful song I've heard. Also, there's a song called Nights Like This by Lydia Biennicki. Victoria Houston Elm sings it on YouTube. It's just a singer songwriter song and it's the most charming little five minutes that you can spend for yourself everyone should check
1: that out Ooh, yay oh i'm so excited I'm writing down so many things i've got so many recommendations anything else in music that you want to recommend
0: um i also being in california i love the song san francisco by the Mowgli's.
1: nice cool okay Um, What about city, a a place that you've traveled to or somewhere that you really want to go, maybe one of each?
0: Great. London is my favorite city in the whole world. Being on tour, Nashville is the best um, conglomeration of city, nature, uh, just like food and culture that I've been to. Uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, I think, is the budding blossom of colorado and will be the next place to boom and i love san diego
1: cool what about food something that you've eaten recently or something that you love that you think people should try
0: great um fort i well okay this restaurant rosca in fort collins colorado was the best ethiopian that i've ever had um can i give specifics yeah of course (laughs) please uh, Nopa in San Francisco was the best meal that I've had in quite some time. Um, and in New York City, the hand pulled noodle up in, uh, the Washington Heights area is the best noodles that you'll ever have.
1: Um, can we go together sometime? Yes, absolutely. Great. I can't wait. What about a quote or idea or something that sticks with you that you want to recommend to people?
0: Oh, oh! I wish I had one like off the top of my head. Um.
1: That's okay. okay. When in okay. doubt, just say no day, but today.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's your life and love.
1: Yeah. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. I it's I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's it's like this is the gist of it. It's like. To feel the intimacy of, oh God, I'm not gonna remember. Let me see, I have it on my phone. Can I read it to you? Yeah, of course. Of course. Oh, okay, let me look. Okay. Um, To feel the intimacy of brothers is a marvelous thing in life. To feel the love of people whom we love is a fire that feeds our life. But to feel the affection that comes from those who we do not know, from those unknown to us, who are watching over our sleep and solitude, over our dangers and our weakness, that is something still greater and more beautiful because it widens out the boundaries of our being and unites all living things.
1: Oh my goodness, that was beautiful and timely. No idea who said it. (laughs) Oh I love it. Well whoever said it thank you and props to them. It was great having you read something. I forgot that I was talking to such a talented actor because just the way that you like read that so wonderfully was really really top notch. Thank you. (laughs) Um, What about podcasts? Do you listen to any podcasts? What's your favorite podcast?
0: Yeah um, I love Savage Love. Dan Savage. Uh, I, I was a little late onto the serial game, but I I listened to season one of that. I also like Radiolab.
1: Nice, cool. Yeah. Um. Well, this was amazing. Oh, I just thought of one thing I wanted to ask you actually. Um. That's specific to you. If you had to measure a year in something, what would it be? <sighs> I think laughter.
0: I think the amount of times that you have full bellied laughs is the greatest feeling in the world.
1: Yes. Yes. Completely agree. I love that. And
0: another thing I'll say to that though, is that this is the first time in my life where I've never seen so many sunrises and sunsets, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the name of this podcast, as you know, is Let It Out. So when I offer that term to you to let something out what does that mean to you what do you think of and is there anything else that you wanted to let out today that you didn't get to
0: yeah I think it's living every day trying to find and live up to who we innately are as a human being and not holding ourselves back in any way because that makes us the most attractive person to not only ourselves but to everyone else we encounter
1: that was so wise, and so was everything else you said. This was a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. Did you have fun? I
0: know. It's so much fun. I'm so happy this happened,
1: Katie. All right, you guys. Isn't Danny great? I can't believe it. When you're listening to this, I'm probably seeing Rent. I'm probably with Danny as we speak. You should check out Rent. Check out the soundtrack if you haven't. Go see them on tour. And. They probably haven't come to your city yet. Maybe they have, and hopefully you saw them. But I'm so grateful that I get to see Rent, and I'm so grateful that I got to connect with Danny. And I'm so grateful to you for listening. And I am also grateful to the sponsors. Just going to shout them out one more time. C.W. Hemp, try it. Use the code Let It Out for 10% off. It gives you this really nice sense of calm and stress relief. Not stress, stress relief. Duh. Anyway, try CW, I think you guys will really like it. Also try Active. it's a great way when you're traveling or just when you don't want to leave the house because it's cold or too hot or, you know, the temperature could be perfect, but you just might not want to leave the house. You can still work out with Active. There are thousands of classes, hundreds added every single month. You can use it at the gym. It has great music. It's great. Just remember to go to aptive.com and use the code Let It Out to A, let them know that we sent you and you're supporting the podcast, and B, because... It gives you free 30 days of using it, you know? So, anyway. All right, before I tell you the emoji, I just want to say this. I'm so grateful to all of you guys for listening. If you want to help out the podcast and support the podcast, supporting the sponsors is amazing. Also, leaving a review on iTunes and sharing the podcast with a friend. A lot of people listen to podcasts, but a lot of people don't. And maybe they would want to, but they just don't know about them. So, share your favorite podcast with a friend. And maybe you share this episode. If you know someone who's a fellow rent head, they would probably really enjoy this episode. Make sure you send it to them. And, you know, check out the archives if you're new to the podcast. My name is Katie. Nice to meet you. And the emoji for this episode. So tweet at myself and at Danny that you are still listening to me rambling at this point. Very long time into the podcast. You spent a lot of time with me whispering in your ear. So use the emoji Okay, I'm back. I had to think about it. But use the emoji that is the film camera. So there are two cameras. This is not the kind of camera that you're taking a photograph with. No, that that doesn't make sense. Mark is a filmmaker. And Danny plays Mark. So we're using the film camera. Anyway, use that. Love that. Send it to us. We love you. And I will talk to you guys next week. The filmmaker cannot